Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS with my Laker teammates and a whole lot of NBA legends. And today we thought we'd bring you a nice little twist to the story. We're bringing on a young man, a Seattle-based writer, Jake Udi. Am I saying it right, Jake? Um, that's. I think that's how the Finnish would pronounce it. But I, I, when I'm in America, I go Udi. But uh, Udi. Okay. However, Udy. however you want to say it. Uh. Jake, you know what? We have been, Jake is a, I don't want to, are you a ghostwriter? Sure. Yeah. When you, a co-writer, a memoir co-writer. Co-writer of my book coming out. And we still have yet to put the title on the book, but Jake just finished it. I've spent a lot of hours with him. Sometimes 10 minutes, 15 minutes, other times 30, 40 minutes, but we got it done and now it's going. And, um, Jake, I want to bring you on the show, first of all, to say thank you very much. Um, thank you. Thank you. Our acquaintance was kind of r- weird because Jake has, has uh, co-wrote with Michael Ray Richardson. Yep. Muggsy Bogues. Yep. And the late, and we're going to talk about him, Earl Kirton, mm-hmm. uh, who we just had on our show. And Earl just passed away, unfortunately, surprising everybody. But how Jake and I got together is he called me about Michael Ray Richardson and I gave some quotes on Michael Ray and Jake goes, Coop, you ever thought about writing a book? Mm-hmm. And uh, here we are. Jake, welcome to the show. Thank welcome, you. Jake. What an honor. It's it's an honor to write the book with you. It's an honor to know you. And I, I'm just happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Now, it, it, the bio on you, you went to Princeton High School? I did. A Princeton High School, your co-author of... Uh, of memoirs from Trump Books, number one, Amazon's new release in basketball coaching. Yeah, that was Muggsy, yep. Am I saying it right? Triumph Books, yep. Okay, Triumph, and then McFarland Books, number five, Amazon Books, uh, Bio. Uh, Jake, I'm first. just kind of winging this, as you can tell. Yeah, 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 that's right. Uh, grew up amidst the tombs of French literature. Yes. And But soulful meals, thoughtful music, thrilling sports, compelled you and and great conversation that's Dr. right those are my true loves you got it okay and jake's wife is currently pregnant that's right she's we got about two weeks to go so this is probably the last day that i could even do this yeah we're gonna be uh thank you yeah first congrats our first child my, my wife is in a, a really great rock and roll musician that's uh, her record above my shoulder and we're naming uh, our daughter hendrix after Jimi hendrix nice very yeah. nice yeah. Uh, welcome, Jake. First of all, I want to talk about uh, what, what got you into, I mean, obviously being a sports writer, 
got you into that? And I mean, why didn't you take that French literature and take that somewhere? My dad was a French professor at Princeton University. And so he would be in his studies, smoking cigarettes, working on manuscripts and, and uh, deciphering scrolls and things. It was very over my head. But I, I was, you know, he, he, my mom, who was also a professor, um, introduced me to literature and, and to the world of words. Um, and it was just one of those things, you know, I don't know, they could have introduced me to science, they could have introduced me to something else, but it, it was in me. I, I just always had words running through my head, you know, and it just took years to, to focus that. And so I played basketball in high school. Um, I was, uh, some newspaper dubbed me the, the best under six foot center in the country. Uh, I think that was partial partial joke. But uh, so I played center in high school at Princeton, and we were pretty good my senior year. I was a starter, and we went, I think, 18 and 7 or something like that and made the playoffs. Um, but when I got to college, it was it was words, words, words. You know, I, I did poetry. I wrote short stories. And um, after college, after, after graduating from Rutgers University, I started work on a small newspaper and just kind of grew from there. But I've always loved basketball. Like the NBA is like my happy place. I can put it on. I, I love the squeaking of the sneakers on the floor. I love following the players, the teams, the logos, just the day in, day out. I just love the NBA. And so as my writing career has continued to grow and, and blossom, I just wanted to do more and more of it. And I have to thank Muggsy Bogues, man. He he didn't know me from Adam and he took a chance on me to write his memoir. And it's just, it's my career is just kind of, grown and you know i'm lucky to be here with you as a result and mugsy and earl and and sugared all those guys um and you too coop but just uh, it's a blessing to be able to work with you and and have it uh, the chance to grow yeah well I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back a little bit from something you just said jake and pretend like um you're not married you pretend like i'm not married and you are trying to get me with a great poem give me something <laughs> poetic to me <laughs> Your eyes are like the galaxy I've always wanted to see, Coop. <laughs> How's that? It's all right, Jake. You know what? But I could have thought of that one, and I'm not a writer. So That's right. That's right. That's why I'm co-writing with you, man. That's why we're working together. Sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me, Coop. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, Jake, once you started, uh, obviously, having the background in sports and stuff like that, yeah. What really, really attracted you to really start writing? I mean, you started with Muggsy, right? That was the first book. Um, that was the first me basketball memoir I did. You know, I, I've uh, I've written for a lot of music publications too, and you know, there's a lot of avenues you can go as a writer. Whether you want to break news, whether you want to sort of do investigative stuff, whether you want to do whatever else. But I always was I was always drawn to profiles. So you talk with somebody for anywhere between ten minutes and three hours, or or, or visit with them and face to face or on the phone, and just get a sense of the decisions they made and how they became who they are. And I think I was a little bit of a sheltered person growing up, and my parents were maybe a little overprotective at times. And so I was I'm always sort of amazed at how people make the decisions and become great and and to do the things that they were and did the risks they take and the decisions they have to make. And so I just found myself super attracted to finding that within each person that I spoke with. And I was doing I've written thousands of these profiles, these sort of like thousand word profiles or however long. And and when it came to Muggsy and the opportunity just kind of like came out of nowhere. I was like, okay, well, I've written these thousand word profiles. Let's write a 90,000 word profile. So it just sort of expanded the idea and kind of taking everything step by step. And and Muggsy was into it. You know, he hadn't done a book since the early 90s. And I actually remember being a kid and buying that book in, in the land of giants and being sort of 
amazed by that. And there's another another book that I, I, I am scared to bring up, but Larry Bird's Drive was a that was a big book for me as a young person. And putting those two together, I just sort of realized, you, you know, you kind of realize yourself as you get older, what I wanted to do. And, and it's work with people who made uh, really interesting decisions and it became great, like yourself, Coop, and and to figure out how how the steps went along the way. And, and here we are. And I just I just really love it. I really do. And it feels like a calling in, in, in some way, not to be too dramatic, but that's what it feels like. You know, what, Jake, and, and uh, as we were writing mine and we were going through it and I kept I was. I would give you a little bit of information. And at one time you told me, well, Coop, thanks for that information because now it helps me kind of guide the readers on what they're going through. When you were doing Muggsy's book, you know, like you said, in the land of giants or whatever it is, but Muggsy's yeah. a little giant himself. What did you want the reader to really, really find out about him? So what was really great about, so Muggsy had In the Land of Giants, which came out in the 90s. And then we did our book uh, two or three years ago. So there was a whole second half of his life that the first book didn't go into. And the two aspects of that was his uh, the relationships he formed along the way and the fact, you know, Muggsy's 5'3", for people who don't know, like he's a one of one. He's just an incredible story. Like there is no story like Muggsy Bogues. And I remember being a kid being like five feet tall in fifth grade or whatever and wanting to be, oh, I just need to be 5'3". And then I know I can make the NBA, you know, because as a kid, you like, I want to. And so Muggsy gave that to people. And I actually talked to Steph Curry for the book. And he said that same thing. He said all he wanted to do was be 5'3". And he knew he had a chance to make it. And so, you know, I wasn't totally sure where the direction of the book would go. And you sort of find this out along the way. But one of Muggsy's daughters, who has a young son who plays basketball, who's also short because the family is shorter, she told me that his friends don't, you know, poke fun at him or coaches or whoever don't make fun of him and call him short. They say, oh, you play like your grandfather. You play like Muggsy Bogues. And that just was like a light a light bulb above my head. Like this is the gift that Muggsy gave every basketball player since he's since he became famous. You don't you're not short. You're not you're not too small. You just play like Muggsy Bogues. And that's how the book ended. And it sort of starts with Steph Curry talking about that in the forward. And it ends with um, Muggsy's daughter talking about that, about her son. And I just I. That's an that's an invaluable gift that he's given to the world of that. You know, there's plenty of people who aren't tall. Um, and he gave that to us to 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 prove that we could do it, too. You know, I think that's just incredible. Oh, you go from Muggsy to Michael Ray Richard. And you know what? Sugar is affectionately known. I, I love sugar and the ups and downs of his NBA career being one of the best. I mean, you know, some people said that he was Matt Johnson before Magic came into the league. I mean, before Magic was. Because Sugar could do everything that Magic could do. He was a big he point guard, yeah. I mean, he, he was getting his triple doubles. But again, in his life, did Sugar open up to you about everything? He did. Sugar, you know, the thing you realize when you talk to him is how good his heart is and how good his soul is. And he's it's so easy to cast him as a villain you know, why didn't you stop taking drugs or, you know, whatever else you want to say about him. But he's the opposite. He's a generous, good natured, uh, lovable person from from my experience. And uh, it just it left a bad taste in my mouth that people can think of him as this sort of, you know, degenerate or whatever you want to say, drug addict. And there's a lot of addiction in my family, too. And I, so my my heart goes out to people like that. And, you know, my I had a half brother who passed away from drug addiction and my father was an alcoholic. And so I know that there's more than one side to those stories. And he's he's got a famous story, the first person to ever be banned for drugs in the NBA and, and to receive a life a life banishment, you know, um, from Stern. 
even though that only lasted for a few years, he he was he's also the first person to be reinstated, which is exactly what his story is. You know, he has this big down and then this big high. And, you know, we all make mistakes. We all make some of us even make huge mistakes. But I believe in the idea of redemption and, and the idea of a second chance or another chance, as long as you're willing to put in the work. You know, it's not frivolous. And Sugar has always been willing to put in the work. And, you know, it's interesting, like the 92 Dream Team is credited with like all of this influence on uh, uh, international basketball. But it was people before that who set the groundwork. You know, you I know you went to Italy Coop in, in 1991 and, and you're a big part of that. And Sugar was McAdoo. before you and, and Earl Curitan and Bob McAdoo and guys mm-hmm. like that. Um, you know, they were all there before building the infrastructure of international basketball before um, the dream team could ever come in. And so there's just all these layers to his story. And, you know, you spend five minutes on the phone with sugar between his, you know, very endearing stuttering and his very big open heart. And it's just, you want to spend more time with him. And, you know, it's another case of um, being lucky to work with somebody like that. You know, I just. That's what I was going to say, Jake. Sugar climbed the highest mountains having a speech impediment, which you just said about stuttering. So for him to get to the heights that he got to and then take it overseas was something special. There's every I mean, there's so many people you yourself with, you know, your injuries early on. There's every reason for people to give up. And. Like I said, with my upbringing, like I remember thinking when I was like in my 20s, like I wish I just had a blueprint to know what to do in life, you know, and I think that impulse, while sort of silly in some in some way, that impulse uh, pushed me to want to speak to people like yourself or like Sugar and figure out how they did it. Like Muggsy being 5'3 and making the NBA, like impossible, you know, and same with Earl, you know, Earl was not Mr. Talented. He wasn't dunking like Michael Jordan. He wasn't shooting like Larry Bird or like Michael Cooper, you know, and he made it and and you had a hor- horrific leg injury you know that you had to get over and we can talk about that and then sugar's issues too like it's incredible and i just you know feel lucky to be sort of connected to it and to, to help tell the story and i love basketball and you guys live basketball lives and i in my I spent my time writing, and so we can sort of link up and pair, and it's it's kind of a nice partnership. Hey there, sports fans. This is Nick Gelso coming to you from our East Boston studios. Now, if you're anything like me, you're missing the gridiron right now as football has winded down. But fear not, because I've got something to keep you and that competitive spirit alive. Let me introduce to you Prize Picks, the ultimate destination for daily fantasy sports. It's not just a game. It's your chance to go head-to-head, battling thousands of players. Just you, your picks, and the thrill of watching your winnings pile up. And folks, the action doesn't stop with football. As tournament season heats up and the race for playoff home court advantage intensifies, basketball takes center stage. And with prize picks, you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. That's right, America's number one fantasy sports app is here to make every moment count. With prize picks, you can win up to 100 times your money with just four correct picks. Whether it's NBA, NHL, or even college basketball, the opportunities are endless. And hey, did I mention you can play it in over 30 states across the country? Now let me share a little secret with you. Price Picks offers injury insurance, ensuring your entries stay live even if one of your players gets sidelined. Talk about peace of mind. Price Picks gives it to you. And folks, speaking from personal experience, Price Picks is a game changer. Download the app today. Use my code, our code, CLNS, for the first deposit match up to $100. That's right. They're going to give you up to $100 back if you use the code CLNS. Remember, on Price Picks, you pick more, you pick less. It's that easy. Until next time, keep those picks coming and let the winning roll in. You know, you're listening to Showtime with Coop. 
Uh, we have Jake Uti, a book writer who's written a, a, several books on uh, some NBA players. And you know what, Jake, we had uh, Nick and I had Earl on. Was that about yeah. two weeks ago, two and a half yeah. weeks ago? Nick, and yes. then to get the news Ooh. that he passed away, man. I mean, that just broke my heart, man. I dropped my phone, and then I got a call from you, Jake, uh, telling you about his wife had called you and let let you know how, man. I mean, uh, the twirl. Tell us yeah, about man. It. It's uh, the thing, you know. I, I in his passing, I was going through every Twitter thing every news item you know just took like bask you know in a in a sad way basking in the news and one of the things i read you know people talk about him as a detroit nba legend and you know when you look at earl's career you know he i don't know six points and five rebounds that was his career average you, you wouldn't necessarily think he's a legend but what made him a legend and what everybody responds to whether they know it or not is his character that's what made him a legend the way he could open up to you the way he could make you feel comfortable make you feel special and you know, it's it's hard to talk about. Like he was a dear friend. We talked almost every day, whether we were working on the book or not. And you know, my wife jokes. You know, when the phone rings, we would always think it's Earl. And and now we don't have that. And yeah. you know, there's so many layers and levels of what why death is sad. And it, you know, the biggest one is you just you don't have you can't the person's not in your life anymore. You know, all the phone calls and the laughing. And you know, we would joke about the Pistons and. And, and he introduced me to a lot of people. And, you know, my career such as it is would not be where it is or what it is without Earl. Like, I, he's he's the person that I always want. I'm going to talk about and, and try to honor for the rest of my life. Like, you know, Earl yeah. Earl and Muggsy, you and Sugar, people like that. It's just it's invaluable to me and um, just awesome, awesome people and, and people who didn't have to succeed and didn't have to be as generous as, as they ended up being. And Earl is at the top of that list. You know, Earl made such a big impact in the community. It didn't yeah. matter whether it was the Detroit, Philadelphia, wherever he was at. He was always about the kids and and making sure that kids had what they could and making an impact in the community. Yeah, and his work with Saint Cecilia in Detroit—that that's famous sort of small band box of a gym—and that's where they had his um, like his funeral or his wake, uh, maybe about a week ago. And there was even talk about trying to rename the street that Saint Cecilia's on, like Earl Curitan Way or something like that, which I, I really hope happens. But yeah, his his wife Judith and his kid uh, Sari, like his daughter Sari. They're beautiful people, and and Earl went too soon. He was sixty six, and you know that's just that's too soon, and it's tough. The, the people who were very tall, you know, I you know, I, I don't know exactly how he passed, and, and that's not none of my business necessarily. But um, it's just you know, and you have people like Scott Pollard. I know this is sort of a different conversation, but he's dealing with yeah, one needing a heart transplant. He's he's yeah. seven feet tall, and it's hard to get a heart transplant when you're seven feet tall and it's just Moses Malone he was another yeah. one Moses went yeah. early because of heart right and it's 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 sad and and you you wish for the best and so but the only thing you can do is sort of remember the the impact that they had and you know Earl's in my heart and he will he will be forever and for all the all our listeners out there Earl just finished his book called the Toral. if you want to read something very oh. very interesting Jake tell him about Toral, man because that was real special yeah, you know, no college scholarship offers. He ended up going to Robert Morris, a, a junior college, which ended up becoming a Division One school as he was there. All the while, Dickie V recruiting him. Earl, Earl, come! You got to come to University of Detroit, baby! Like calling him every day, and he, he made it to University of Detroit, and then was drafted to Philly, and a lot of famous battles with with the great Showtime Lakers, and they managed to get one off you guys in '83. Um, 
And Earl had a very famous hook shot of all things over Kareem, which kind of sealed game two of that series. And, and then, you know, he kind of bounced around a little bit, but, um, famous teammates with Michael Jordan, with um, Charles Oakley, with Muggsy Bogues, with Dr. J, with Moses Malone, just like kind of a litany of, and all the, you know, and Isaiah Thomas and Isaiah and Dr. J did the forwards for the book. And every single person just talked about his character, you know, from Dave Bing to George Gervin to McAdoo to Spencer Haywood, just just a line of players. Hey, NBA history fans, quick timeout. Let's talk meals. Not just any meals, but factors ready to eat. Chef crafted the lights that make healthy eating effortless. Whether you're celebrating a classic game or a full court press with your schedule, Factors got your back with over 35 weekly options that cater to all, from keto to vegan. Imagine gourmet meals ready in time it takes to set up a play. There's no prep, there's no mess. Just pure, nutritious deliciousness that beats takeout on cost and quality. And with Factor, flexibility is the key. Choose your meals, adjust on the fly, and never worry about your next healthy bite. Here's the game changer. Head to factormeals.com slash boomertakes50. Use the code boomertakes50 for 50% off your first box. And yes, you heard that right. This is the History Channel. We are boomers. It's Boomer Takes 50. That's half price for premium dietitian approved meals that fit your busy, hoops-loving lifestyle. Don't let mealtime steal your time. With Factor, you are always ready to play. Check out factormeals.com slash boomertakes50. Use that code boomertakes50. Now back to the show. And remember, great nutrition is part of any winning strategy. And it's it's a really interesting thing. You can become a basketball legend for your character. You know, he played in the NBA and he won two championships, but he's remembered for just the impact he had. And his speaking of his championship, his 1994 uh, championship is really interesting. He signed like two days before the playoffs with Houston, and he was a backup for Hakeem Olajuwon. And he was playing at the YMCA a month before he, he signed with Houston, and, and he ended up winning another a second ring. And that's I think feel like that's Earl to a T. No, Earl and I had a big laugh. Uh, yeah, you on the show we talked about it. He goes, "Coop, you know what? You know I hold something special over you." I said, "What is it, Twirl?" He says, "You know what? Um, out of your whole career, you've only been swept twice: the Philadelphia and Detroit." He said, "I'm the first one that gave you your first brooms." <laughs> right. <laughs> I and that's was upset what... with him about that. But uh, Nick, anything you have for Jake? I mean, what a what a great cluster of legends you've worked with. Yeah. I, I got to ask him, excuse my dog, you know, he hears NBA legend, he starts barking. <laughs> but um, but uh, uh, are you going to release audio books on these? I think that would be great. Yeah, yeah. The, the Muggsy, uh, there's a guy named Kerry Height who I've been working with, and he did an audio book for Muggsy, and he's recording one now for the Twirl book. And we're definitely going to get him involved in the Sugar and Michael Cooper books. He's cool. he's got a great voice, um, and he knows what he's doing, and he he's always on board. So we were going, to, we are absolutely going to have audiobooks for these projects. Thank you awesome. for asking. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I I guess to close out, I've been through this podcast. I've been blessed to know a lot of NBA legends. They're all fucked up, aren't they? <laughs> well, your co-host, not you know, he's one of my favorite people on earth, man. On Earth, Nick. I mean, how amazing is it to get to know these guys a little bit and th- th- these heroes? You know, when when I'm when you're a kid, like I yes. collected superhero figures and then I collected basketball cards. After that, and it's like these guys are just amazing. Like they're 
you know, physical geniuses. They're super powered people. And I, I'm, you know, it's Jay, you know, what's crazy when one of my heroes calls me and maybe I'm in a meeting and I got a screen, Michael Cooper's call or Kevin McHale's call, you know, that to me is like, I get this anxiety because I, I just shouldn't be doing that. These guys were like hanging on my walls on posters. You what know? if they never call back? You're like, what you're if like, they never call back? I mean, it's just, yeah. if, if someone told me as a kid, Michael, the guy with the, the high socks that gave Larry Bird fits was going to call my cell phone. I know. I, I would never believe it. So God bless <laughs> you, man. I know, I know what you're going through. I know I what it is. It's a lot of patience you need. <laughs> and there's, there's people who don't have enough gratitude for that. You know, when I, when I work on these books, dignity and gratitude are two things that i keep in my head you know top top of mind there's there's a lot of people who want to take advantage of these stories or who want to make their themselves the center of these stories and you know i don't know where i'd be you know this is, sounds cheesy but if it wasn't for the nba i just it, it's been there in my lowest times it's been in there in my highest times Me and too. i love that it's a constant and i can't express anything besides gratitude you know you want to tell the truth and you want to be accurate but you, you know the gratitude for that is is I never want to let that go. And um, well, since we're throwing love bombs around, Jake, I love you. Nick, I'm in love with you. What do you got coming up for the future? Well, uh, hopefully you and I can talk about maybe connecting for with uh, one of your famous friends for a book. We, you know, we've already talked about a, a possibility for that. I, that's my hope. I don't want to say anything on, on record at the moment, but I want to keep writing these books. You know, my wife and I are having our kid in about three weeks, little Hendrix named after Jimi Hendrix. Um, and then, uh, and then just keep writing books, man. And uh, I've, I've got one, uh, you know, a couple other projects in the works right now, but it's, it's books, books, books. That's what I want to do and keep telling stories like this and, and getting them out there and, and doing the best I can with them. Poop locked up. Lock you locked up. I'm You're locking them up. I'm locking them up. I'm like you did on Larry Bird. <laughs> Jake, listen. Thank you so much, man. You and your beautiful wife. Uh, what What do you want your 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 kid to call you? What name? Oh, that's a good one. Um, uh, Master? No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I just hope she calls me dad, and I hope she loves me, and I hope I can be a good father to her. Uh, I'm I my wife is so smart and so beautiful and so uh, good with family. You know, I, I couldn't venture into this without anyone besides her. And um, so, I, you know, I've, I have all faith in the world that she's going to be a great mom and that we're going to do it together well. And, and you got your wife plays in a rock band, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. She's the lead singer in the in the Black Tones. We just went <laughs> off a, a couple national tours. She's she wears the high leather boots. She's uh, she had the baby bump when we on the last tour we were at. And and she's a radio DJ too, man. She, she and we actually just wrote a, a music book about Seattle music. So we, we, you know, she's multi-talented, and I'm just along for the ride. Jake, all my best to you and yours, man. Hopefully everything yeah. goes well. We'll be praying for you. Thank you so much Thank for sharing you, a little bit of time with us, Nick. We out of here, man. We're like out. Coop. Weather. We out. We're out of here. Later, Love you, Jake. Peace, guys.